The views and opinions expressed by any hosts or guests of WJMS Radio do not reflect the beliefs of its owners or associates. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to WJMS Radio or the show hosts whose words, advice, and or opinions appear from or on our website or on air. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Are we on the air? You're listening to WJMSRadio.com. Jam. This chick is a sick individual. You're tuned in to Sound Off with your girl Jams right here on WJMSRadio.com. There is no competition. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Sound Off right here on WJMS Radio. This is your girl, Jams, of course, coming to you live from the epicenter of the coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen, Yonkers, New York. <laughs> mm. Terrifying. It is terrifying being around here right now. Um, I will say everybody has on masks, so you feel a little bit like solidarity when you walk out because everybody looks like you. Um, but anyway, welcome to the show. We have a great show for you guys today. The one good thing I will say about this coronavirus is that it has managed to bring people together. And people now have way more time than ever before. So we're able to get all kinds of guests scheduled on and folks on the uh, on air with before so i guess i have uh the coronavirus to thank for finally catching the infamous mr manny faces who's my guest for today super duper excited to have him on the show with us um he is an award-winning journalist he's a podcast professional and the founding director of the nonprofit center for hip-hop advocacy where he works to preserve protect and promote the ability of hip-hop music and culture to improve humanity he's also a dj a public speaker and if none of that impresses you he's also a living kidney donor um, and he proudly resides in Newark, New Jersey. So he's right over the bridge from us. So Manny, welcome to the show. How you doing? And how you making out over there in Jersey? Uh, Jams, good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're maintaining, you know, as much as you can. Hunkered down. Uh, down I'm, in, I'm in downtown Newark, New Jersey. I have a nice spot. Um, it's comfortable, but it's, Looks it's like- nutty. <laughs> I got my Easter decorations up, but it's nutty. It's- yeah it's one of those things where we're starting to see a whole lot of celebrity living rooms it's like oh okay that's how you live in all right i do not have the d nice living room (laughs) yeah i love that right he like everyone's really looking at his interior like if this is not a good time to have a bad interior decorator no no definitely not kidding but yeah no so welcome to the show i remember you had put a post up on facebook just talking about how you wanted to talk about how hip-hop can really change and influence humanity um and before we hop into that conversation i want to give you an opportunity to give us a little more of your background how you came to grow and love hip-hop and and what brought you to where you are today so why don't you break the that down for the audience yeah absolutely i guess it's a um i think a lot of people who are you know hip-hop minded or you know hip-hop community or hip-hop you know have hip-hop in their dna uh, we recognize a lot of times, not everyone, um, some of us have become jaded, I guess, but uh, we recognize some of the great uh, benefits, I guess, that, you know, uh, hip hop lifestyle brings. Um, just the amount of enjoyment we can get from the music and the entertainment. Um, I've always been 
I kind of grew up parallel to hip hop. I'm about the same age, uh, give or take as, you know, as hip hop culture, uh, and the associated art forms. Um, so, you know, like everyone else, especially in the New York area, you know, we can't kind of came up around the same time. I, I grew up in Long Island, so I was like a half step behind everything. Um, you know, but, but picking up from New York radio, you know, we were able to pick up what was happening, video music box on our little TVs that we could find the channel. Um, and just like everyone else, just enamored by hip hop music, uh, culture, uh, the the rawness of it, the freshness of it, the differentness of it throughout the years. Um, as a teenager, late I got into the music aspect of it. Uh, my dad was a jazz and blues connoisseur, so I always had the kind of music floating around the house, and he had a nice mm. you know stereo system, and so music was a thing. Uh, I started you know picking up records here and there. Um, I was interested in learning how to scratch and uh, you know early Run DMC and you know how they you know you heard Jam Master J rock and then I tried to do it on his turntables which weren't built for it. Um, I got barked at, <laughs> um, but things like that and then trying to figure out how to make beats and do you know drum machine stuff and uh, my friends would get together and we'd rap and we'd all do all the things we'd listen to rap rap on the radio back then was only I'm not that old but I'm old enough you know you could only get rap on certain times of the day on certain days of the week. So it became an event. Okay, we would all get together on Friday nights from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and listen to Red Alert or, or Molly Mall on the radio. And that was fun. Like that was a, it became a thing. So events, you know, gathering, connecting with people from different races, racial backgrounds, different demographics. We all had this thing that we all kind of came together surrounding. Um, and I got into it. I've been into it for a long time. I wasn't a, a B-boy and I wasn't a graffiti writer. I didn't have those two elements. Uh, yeah. But I was a DJ. I started making beats. I started uh, rhyming. I had a little home studio at one point, you know, really into it, trying to make, we made demos, you know, did, did all the things, worked with like neighborhood folks. And um, as those dreams, as they eventually do for most people, kind of fell, fell to the wayside, uh, my job job was journalism. I, I weaseled my way into journalism. Uh, it wasn't necessarily by plan, but I ended up working for a newspaper on Long Island, a, an alternative newspaper. What I liked them about them was they were sort of hip hop oriented too. They were like kind of gritty. They were alternative. It was a weekly. We'd go after the corporations. We'd go after the crooked cops. We'd go after the the corporate, you know, newspaper Newsday in, yeah. in the area. Um, so these were like my guys. Like they were like I was like, oh, you guys are gangster. Like you guys are really like going against the grain. This is some hip hop stuff, you know. And, uh, but I, I got involved in that. I started building websites and writing and doing all these kind of things. And at one point I decided, I realized, uh, sort of the confluence of my two interests was, uh, focused on New York hip hop. And at that time, New York hip hop was declared dead. You know, the rest of the country was popping. Houston was popping. Atlanta was popping and New York was dead. Yeah. But I knew New York hip hop artists that were still amongst the most progressive and talented and forward thinking and experimental and electric and exciting MCs that I knew. And all the veterans were in New York and all these things were happening. And I'm like, why is no one talking about this? Why is everyone, you know, all the hip hop magazines and such moving to other areas? Uh, so my journalism, you know, chops and I started Birthplace Magazine, which was a uh, birthplacemag.com. Uh, and I covered New York hip hop for a bunch of years. And through that, I started a podcast, the New York Hip Hop Report, which I did for many years, uh, live Sunday nights. Uh, shouts to my co, my former co-host Steve Ortiz, who was up in the Bronx, where the people are fresh, and we used to do these weekly live, very much like this, podcasts. Yep. And um, 
So I covered the scene. I covered all the independent artists and all the going ons and all the stuff that was still popping in New York. I still believe to this day that hip hop, uh, New York is still the most electric, forward thinking, progressive, dynamic place in the world for hip hop, music and culture. But it was that culture part that that I got to really tie into. I realized I started meeting people and finding that people were doing a lot of different things that were outside of the entertainment. So hip hop being used in education or hip hop being used yep. in health and wellness settings or the fine arts, you know, hip hop theater. People think that hip hop theater started and stops with Hamilton, but there were cats doing it a long time before that. And there were cats doing it a long time after. So I started meeting and, 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 you know, doing exposés on some of these people. And eventually I kind of, I guess I grew out of the New York scene. I didn't grow out of it. I still include it in what I do, but the bigger picture became what you introduced me as doing is how to, I see that hip hop could be more than an, as entertainment and, and, and fun and music and greatness. It's great, but it can do more. Yep. And it can, and I'm, I've seen it save lives. I've seen it uh, influence industries. I've seen it uh, help justice be served. Like so many things that hip hop has a foothold in that I think are uh, unique to hip hop and surprising to a lot of people who don't necessarily know it as well as we do. So that became the mission in the last couple of years uh, to try to uh, see what that looks like and to put myself in a position where I can use all my skills that I've been, you know, gathering through the years, journalism, being in touch with music, knowing the independent artists, doing all the things, podcasting, writing, all the things uh, and spreading that message. That's awesome. That, so one of the main things I, I'm zooming in on as you were speaking is that you said that on Friday nights, you and your friends would get together for radio and you would listen to, you know, like all the old school, the originals. So I got to ask, you know, as I'm going to call you a hip hop head because yeah. you are as a hip hop head, has there ever been anything else in your life that gives you that same feeling, that feeling of Friday night wow. around the radio with your friends listening to some brand new music or listening to some some classics on the radio? Has anything come close to that feeling that you used to have? I mean, not not really. I mean, I've had jo I've had joys and happiness in life. You know, I got kids, I got all the things. But when it comes to like sort of that, and that's what I. But I've seen it amplified because hip hop brought me to Paris, France. Hip hop brought me to Norway. Hip hop brought me around the world. Some of the most brilliant people I know. And I, my dad was a college professor, distinguished professor of sociology, one of the most brilliant men to walk the planet. Wrote journal papers and wrote and taught. Brilliant guy. So I know smart people, mm -hmm. but some of the smartest people I've ever met are like freestyle artists that I know from New York that are just brilliant, just the, the way they think, the way they see things, uh, tacticians, um, you know, people. So it's more than just going back to those days. No, nothing's given me that, that, that flavor of when we used to, you know, I still talk about Craig, my man, Craig on Long Island, he's go to his basement. He had like one of those basements with the bar that doesn't have any bar stuff, but it's, a, you know, and we would get together and I'm still, you know, cool with some of the people from that era, but, it sparked something in me that I'm doing now, you know, 30 something years later. And I guess there's a few things in life, I think, in humanity, in existence, I think, that equal hip hop to me in terms of that, the ability to influence like you're talking about. And that's religion, which for a lot of people can do the same thing. Um, and sports, to be honest, because sports, I think, is the kind of thing that brings people together and it's worldwide. and It's a thing. I don't know of many things certainly not like artistic that can capture that same kind of fervor than specifically hip hop. Sure. There's rock and roll all over the world. And we, we spawned that as a nation and there's, you know, all kinds of things happening. There's K-pop, which, you know, billions of people love, you know what I mean? For whatever reason. Fine. 
and and there's yeah. fervor there. There's 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 genuine excitement. Um, but hip hop is a really unique animal to me, and and uh, I I don't think that I've personally because I'm not super super religious. Um, and I'm not a super, super diehard sports fan. Those are the only two things I could even compare, I think. He says with a Yankees hat on, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. With, <laughs> with a little DJ flair, though. So, oh, I so, like that. Yeah. That's dope. But but um, but yeah, you know what I mean? So, no, I haven't. And I think that's a I, – I think that that feeling actually works against us as hip-hop. We'll, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. Because people go back to those times and they want to recreate. They want to hold on true to those those moments when, when we first got into this. And it's a very strong nost- – nostalgia is a hell of a drug. So, yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. And it's one of those things where nostalgia is what – nostalgia is something we deserve, but it's always something we're chasing after at the same time. Like, you know, you're always mm. chasing after that, that high of your first hit type of situation. You know, and you never quite get there. So I guess it's it's almost a good thing um, to say that you haven't found anything that that brings you to that same place because it means that that place was genuine for you and that was like that was that was the foundation for you. Yeah. So that's really good. You know, like because yeah. it was something else that came around that gave you that same feeling. It means that like that was you know, just one of many. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. So I think that's, it was almost like a trick question, but not at the same time because I was definitely genuinely curious. To see. But yeah, it's. Hip hop is uh hip hop is is global and it's so strange to think of it being global because you know we're sitting in New York where it started and it's just like you know who would have thought it would be this big and that it would influence so many things yeah. like you said culture fashion you know music slang language arts education it's literally infiltrated every yeah. aspect of life in one way or another and it's you're right like there aren't many things that can hold a candle to that in terms of influence there's very few things that that have that same similar yeah. appeal um that's yeah that's yeah. that's insane but moving on to the to the side of you know what you're doing currently and and sort of how hip hop can change you know lives and can can affect humanity you know i feel like in today's day and age with everything we're going through right now and everyone's stuck inside and you're starting to see the one good thing is you're starting to see like I said, these celebrity living rooms, like you're starting to see these DJs and these, you know, MCs who are getting yeah. up and they're like, all right, I'm going to have a concert in my living room and it's going to be free on Instagram. Just got to like, you just have to be that's following it. me to see it. I feel like that's one of the ways that it can change the world. You know what I mean? Like think about people who have no idea who some of these folks are and now they're watching right. them live on Instagram and they're like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, so I think in this this day and age, it's it's more obvious than ever that hip hop can bring people together um but in your opinion you know in what ways besides that besides the djs you know doing their thing and, and folks being creative that way what other ways can hip-hop sort of bring us through what we're yeah going i mean right now? i've been preaching this sort of thing for quite some time and uh you know uh through my own podcast hip-hop can save america and it's a it's a lofty thing to say hip-hop can save america and what i mean by that is not just it's funny. It's, I, I specifically have to say it's not just the music and the entertainment. And, and that's great because a lot of people, there's two things. People only think that hip hop equate, they hip hop equate is equal to music and entertainment. And depending on what side of the, the fence you sit on, it could be that it it's horrible music and horrible entertainment. It's worthless or, you know, doesn't have substance. And then there's some that'll say, well, it used to have great stuff, but now it doesn't. And then there's some people who will say, well, it always did and still does. You just got to kind of look for it. And I normally have yep. to 
really kind of move away from the music and entertainment portion because I'm trying to emphasize, I'm trying to point to all the different ways um, that it can be, that it's, that it's more than that. But like you just mentioned during this, uh, you know, crisis or situation that we're all in, the fact that D nice and not just D nice, but you know, a lot of the old school, not even old school, but like the iconic DJs of our, of our time, the, you know, ninth wonder and kid Capri and DJ Camillo and, and uh, uh, just blaze and uh, um, easy Mopey, like all these DJs started doing this, that get, DJ premiere that gave us life. And it wasn't just us because it was literally when you saw D nice rocking, it was celebrities, people that wouldn't normally even be in a hip hop club were rocking. That does emphasize it. Even though I try to take the emphasis off of the music entertainment, the music entertainment really binds us all together. And, you know, there's some trickery, there's some nuance there uh, just because certain demographics rock with hip hop doesn't mean they rock with the people that create hip hop. So there's some stuff, True. there's nuance, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but when I, just my overarching thing, and, and again, maybe perhaps more so in this time, is that I've seen hip hop be used as a, a conduit, right? A vehicle, a, a path to, to turn young, young, young people, students, young children onto things that they might not normally have come into contact with for the most part, communities of color, students of color, young people of color who don't get the same access or privileges that other communities might have. And I'm talking about things like computer programming. Architecture is a, is, is a great example that we talk about. Uh, forestry is another like odd one, this random one. And I can give you a bunch, not to mention the normal stuff, math, arithmetic, reading, writing, which have been improved through hip hop. So in education, you see, Programs that have taken students that were failing regents exam. In New York, we have regents exams, which are like state mandated tests. And you have to be able to pass these tests to kind of get a, to move on, right? To the next level. Students who are failing this, usually again from poorer communities, communities of color that don't necessarily have all the resources that they need, are failing these tests. Here comes a program like Fresh Prep, which I think is now sunsetted, but it rocked for a bunch of years. And it came in and says, well, we're going to teach some of these classes, uh, some of these subject matters through hip hop. We're going to have these raps that have been produced by like, you know, authentic rap artists that are taking us on the subject matter that you're working with. And you're going to learn the subject matter through these rap songs. And you're going to pass these tests. Well, lo and behold, 80% of these kids who had previously failed are now passing these tests. Yeah. Okay. That's incredible. What about, that's, that's great, but you know, we can, we've been doing that from day one. Like Sesame Street teaches us how to learn letters and, and words by rhyming and songs. Like this is nothing new. It's, it makes perfect sense. But you have the, the, uh, this giant stigma when it comes to hip hop and rap. But here's some receipts. So again, I see that when uh, I work with a, an organization called Hip Hop Hacks. Shouts to Summer McCoy and the good folks at Hip Hop Hats, Hip Hop Hacks. And it's a, a technology-based workshopping summit that they do. And they do like smaller ones. Uh, we did it at Spotify one year and it was like, Hey, we're going to bring all these young people in who know about hip hop, but they don't know about technology that just don't have access. They don't have the smart boards in their school. They don't have robotics classes. You know what I mean? They don't have programming and they come in and these, these yeah. people do these workshops where there's the, the best one, the best one I ever saw in my life. Um, they had a pizza box, like, a, you know, top of a pizza box 
They had aluminum foil squares. They had some wires. They had a laptop and a Raspberry Pi, like this tiny little electronic thing that it's a little electronic, like conduct, like electronic thing that connects to a computer and then you can connect things to it. So, so understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, a, a pizza box, uh, aluminum foil, cutting the little squares, little wires, this little piece that connects to a computer and a laptop. And through programming and connecting all the things on this box, they made a, a drum machine. Each of those aluminum foil squares was a drum sound. And you could press the aluminum foil squares. It was tied to a little wire that went to the computer. But you had to program it. These kids were blown away. These kids had never seen anything like that because for whatever reasons, they hadn't been exposed to that. Yeah. I look at that, and I've seen this for years. This is what I've been talking about for years. So here we are in the middle of a worldwide crisis. Now, normally I'm like, I want inventors. I want more people inventing cool stuff. I want people making our lives better. I want people, I do a social justice podcast, which incorporates hip hop into the mix. And I'm like, I think rap could still be a great conduit for getting the message out about social injustices. I want more people doing that. Who doesn't? Why don't we want more people graduating from college? Why don't we want smarter people? Why don't we want more inventions? And I've seen hip hop bring in entire uh, populations, demographics that weren't previously able to access this stuff. So here we are in a, in, a, in a crisis where, what do we need? We need people that know how to make vaccines. We need doctors that are respiratory therapists. We need people that know how to do the research to take, we need data scientists to look at the data where people are dying, where people are getting infected. I want more people that can do that. All respect due to the people who already do it. But those same communities that we don't see get the attention, the resources, the love, the ability to get into these fields like computer programming, like forest, like architecture, like all these things uh, that I see hip hop being able to do. Well, I want hip hop to do that now to the medical fields because I've seen it work. I know it can work. Yeah. I've seen the receipts and, and that's what we need. So in this time, I believe it more than ever. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. And you mentioned about teachers and, you know, it's it's funny you started we started seeing these videos of teachers going viral because they assigned rap lyrics to their right. lessons in class and you know those kids are getting a pluses now because they've now associated something that they love right. with what they're learning and that's how you make it easy and like you said it like hip hop is the alphabet right. of it you know like that's what they were doing you were rhyming over a beat so why not assign you know work to it and it's it's not rocket science like you said but it's just like it's it's just small ways that hip hop is improving the lifestyles and, and, and even just the teaching, you know, yeah. sides of things for children. And it, it's, it's so funny because I'm like, man, did I have any teachers? Like I'm thinking about my school. I'm like, when I was growing up, I didn't have no teachers that put no lyrics in our lessons plans. Like we had to learn our lesson no plans when I was, stuff we didn't have any music. yeah. Like there was no <laughs> viral videos of my teachers. Right. Like all we did was get in trouble and have detention. Like we didn't right. have any fun stuff like that happen. So I'm like I'm I'm a little a little low key jealous of these now, kids who have like such a lot of people technology. think that you know when you see that the viral stuff going that it's kind of gimmicky and maybe it works for you know some kids here and there and it and it's not a long term thing, but the larger point is that you have teachers that are willing to do this stuff. That's actually yeah. there's a whole field of uh, of of education you know that's called culturally relevant pedagogy right or culturally responsive pedagogy where they're saying look the, the reason why hip hop works is not only because it's hip hop but it's because like you said it's the alphabet to to the whole it's what the young people are into 
And now I, I got it. And I, and a lot of times I say, um, I interview a lot of these people, uh, the, the practitioners, the educators, and I say to them, now I know that it works great in communities of color, underserved communities, but tell me there's a universal application of this because as far as I know, everybody love hip hop. You know what I mean? So yes, it works across the board. It works better in areas that need it the most specifically because it's a very cultural tie-in if you have representation matters so if you have a a, stu, a a teacher that looks like you that behaves like you that has understands the references that you do you know when nipsey hustle died a bunch of kids in schools yeah. across america were tore up just as an example yeah because he was young, he spoke about you know entrepreneurialism. If you were kind of into him, you kind of like really messed with his his vibe. When he when he passed, that was a really hard thing for a lot of young people, teenagers and such. To have your teacher, what whatever class it might have been, to come to the front of the class and be like, "Hey, I know we're supposed to do lessons today, and we will, but I know some of y'all are probably messed up about this Nipsey Hustle thing." Well, geez, man, if you didn't, if you hated school before that day, now you found school as a, as a place of comfort mm-hmm. just by a teacher spending 10 minutes asking you how you're feeling about some hip hop stuff. That's powerful. Yeah. So I just want more of that. It's true. <laughs> Why not? It's true. Yeah. And there's a lot of studies that, that talk about, you know, students who, um, you know, you like you said, you have a teacher that looks like you who understands what you're talking about. The teachers that don't have that connection with their students oftentimes sometimes have a harder time connecting with them. And so for teachers that can come down to that level mm-hmm. and, and really connect with them on a cultural level like that through hip hop and through whatever, um, really end up making lasting, meaningful right. connections with the students. And they're usually right. the teachers that kids remember and be like, I remember when such and such teacher did this, you know, and that's that's important because it's like now you've you've transformed something in their life that wasn't that something that they really bought into. And now you've turned it into something right. that they truly appreciate. Like now they're going to come to that class right. with a level of appreciation for you that they didn't have before because they that feel like you understand it's supposed to work, you know, and it's, that's how, that's how <laughs> it all works. And it's, yeah, it ties all together. <laughs> so you have a lot of things that are, are going on in your life. A lot of things that you're involved in um, and a lot of sort of just, just, things that you're in charge of. So can you talk a little bit about how all of these things came together to, to move forward this idea that you have about hip hop and humanity? Like, (laughs) I mean, you have, you know, your podcast, you've got, you know, you're a DJ, you've got a nonprofit, you have all of these different things and they all seem like they kind of feed into this same theme about hip hop and its ability to influence the masses. So can you talk a little bit about how they sort of feed into each other? I think they do. I think each one's kind of a natural extension. Um, I'm I'm at heart a creative and I I I rock with a lot of artists. Um, so I get that feeling of, you know, uh you know, you never do you never know if you're doing the right thing. You're always trying to find a different way to, to tackle it, you know, trying to come from a different angle. Um so the message uh, really does uh I guess do all the things yep. that I do. Uh there's a similar vein. Um uh, in the beginning, I spoke about how journalism turned into sort of outgrowing the covering the New York scene and also outgrowing sort of just covering the the music and entertainment aspect of it. I was covering a lot of independent artists. Again, I still think New York, you know, and I'll I'll argue with anybody on any day about, you know, New York's continuing place in, <laughs> in hip hop evolution. 
Um, I think it's unparalleled. Um, not to say that I disrespect or or take away mm-hmm. anybody else's contributions. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that stuck in a 90s New York head. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand that there's a lot of nuance to the whole conversation. We could have that conversation. But when I was noticing all these people that I'm talking about, whether they're doing hip hop in schools or hip hop, uh, you know, again, just bringing it back to the health situation, because that's obviously prevalent on, on people's minds. I have a good friend who's a doctor. He's an ER trauma surgeon out here in Teaneck, New Jersey right now, right? Kind of in the thick of it over here, too. And um, years ago, and he's not a hip hop head by any stretch of the imagination, but we've always rocked over the years and we respect each other's lifestyles. Um, and at some point I said, hey, you know, doctors can do better, especially if you're working in urban, quote unquote, urban communities uh, by having some kind of hip hop, you know, knowledge or some kind of hip hop, you know, understanding. It's like, what are you talking about? And there was a study that showed that when uh, doctors are, again, culturally aware or respectful of the communities that they deal with, you're going to get better responses when you're trying to diagnose a patient. You're going to get better, you know, uh, understanding of, you know, what they're actually going through. So I come across all these things uh, and, and, and starting so, and as a journalist, I started the nonprofit to try to uh, the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy um, to try to build a foundational like inst- institutional space for this. Because the big problem is that even though my friend is a trauma surgeon uh, and he's a brilliant guy and we've known each other for a very long time, when I bring up to him the idea of hip hop and technology, he's also a technology nerd. And I say, hey, hip hop can really help, you know, people get into technology. He's like, I don't understand. Where's the connection? Yeah, but but if you don't know, you don't know. I talked to an older uh, lady who's a family member. And again, no connections culturally or or uh, otherwise, like no, uh, not even casually, no, no uh, connection or understanding or familiarity with hip hop music or culture. Very cursory level, very what you see on the news. And so she has this very, you know, Fox Newsiest kind of, <laughs> if you have to, you know, call it a very narrow understanding of it. But I talk to her a lot and I try to understand what it takes to get you to understand that there's more than that. Because again, I've seen the positivity. Educators could tell you the positive. School counselors right now could tell you how important. Uh, we used to write an essay. How do you feel about your life? And you have to write this essay. But if you could write a rap song about it, I bet you're going to get a lot more young kids to be taking part in this in this therapeutic process. And they, they tell you this happens all the time. Exactly. So from an institutional point of view, I'm like, yeah. I need to find a way. And nonprofit, it's a whole different game. I don't know what I'm doing. It's there. We're trying to build it. It's a thing. I'll take all the help I can get. You need funding. You need all these things. I'm working it. It's there. <laughs> But the best I could do is from that, put out some content because I can create content. I love it. <laughs> and through there, the, the podcast was born, Hip Hop Can Save America, where I say, okay, I'm trying to explain how hip hop can be used in these settings. I'm going to interview the players in that game. And I've had people like Dr. Bettina Love, who's uh, a really well-respected hip hop based educator, uh, Dr. Gloria Ladson Billings, who started the idea of culturally relevant pedagogy in schools. Yeah. Uh, I've had people like Baba Brinkman, who's a, a hip hop theater guy who's on these one man shows that are brilliant, but is not Hamilton. So does anyone, you know what I mean? So all these things. So the podcast grew from that. Uh, the job I told you about in the beginning, which was a, an alternative newspaper, where we um covered a lot of community stuff 
again, went against crooked cops, went against crooked corporations. It was like that kind of gritty, like village voice kind of, but not so crazy, not so, you know, but we were focused. Uh, it went out of business because newspapers go out of business these days. Um, but my boss uh, shouts to the good folks at now Mori Creative Studios, which is now they, they morphed into a digital marketing agency to, to stay alive. And they're doing fantastic, even in these times. But my boss said, look, I'm a journalist. I love what we've been doing. The, the, the newspaper has to go away. He knew, he knew what I did at night. He knew I was a hip hop guy, even though during the day I was making news websites. And he was like, look, my wife used to be uh, involved in the live yeah. version of Schoolhouse Rock. Do we know about Schoolhouse Rock? So Schoolhouse Rock was this old cartoon that used to teach things, right? Like you know, through music. And he's like, I know what you do with hip hop. I feel yep. like we can continue doing journalism. Yep. He, he wanted to do things with a social justice edge. And we talked and we brainstormed and we came up with Newsbeat, which is on our social justice podcast, where we actually, uh, it's, it's real journalism. We, we, we tackle social justice issues, mass incarceration, uh, the closing of youth prisons, uh, poverty in America, uh, Me Too behind bars like what happens to women behind bars really fascinating topics of social justice that the mainstream news doesn't pay a lot of attention to so we tackle that but we mix it with hip-hop we mix it with music do we interview experts mm -hmm. journalists people fighting the fight people on the front lines people who are affected by these issues we interview them but then we mix it with music and then we invite independent hip-hop artists to drop verses lyrics specifically written for that episode. We like to say it's like if Democracy Now! and Black Thought had a podcast baby and we put this thing together and it's, it's we got the chance to do that. And I'm <laughs> like, I couldn't have invented a better job for myself as an audio engineer, a podcast producer, someone who's in touch with brilliant artists yeah. through my days covering New York hip hop. I know these artists that are brilliant and can speak to these issues in rap. I was a producer. I was a DJ. I know how to put stuff together. I work with a team of great journalists that we carried over from the newspaper side. And now we're making podcasts that talk about social justice, social injustices, all to a hip hop soundtrack. I don't know. I just, it, it all happened. And when you say, is it all tied in together? Yeah, because I won't do something that's not, not related to it. It has to be hip hop. It has to be hip hop in a positive way. Related to it. And it has to be contributing to society in some way. So those are the things that I do now, working on the nonprofit, doing the podcast, Hip Hop Can Save America, like where I interview the people who are doing the things I talk about in hip hop and the Newsbeat podcast where we're actually, and we, we just did a coronavirus episode and we actually <laughs> talked about how we hear a lot about the people who are going to be affected by this, the hourly wage earners, the, the, the venues, the restaurants. The, I lost DJ gigs. Because of coronavirus, I had a great gig right here in Newark, New Jersey at Marcus Samuelson's restaurant. Celebrity chef Marcus Sam, I was doing the Sunday R&B brunch. I just started a month ago. It was wonderful. It was the best DJ gig. It's in my building. Nice. I live here. Like, it's the best gig I ever had. And you hear about people like that. Only for now. It's postponed, as my, as my wife likes to remind me. For um, now. Only for now. But all these artists that exactly. would be you know performing on a regular basis i know them all i know i know how hard it is how many djs how many uh even actors you can't even go and do auditions now there's so many people being affected by this you know it's it's um 
So I, so we did a, so two things. Yeah. I go live most days, most weekdays at 9 p.m. on Facebook, and I try to share resources that I've come across that are kind of specifically geared to those people, my artist friends. Uh, there's, there's resources, there's people giving money, there's organizations, da, da, da. So I still do something that has to be productive and spreading information to society, but still hip hop related. And the last Newsbeat episode we did uh, talked about how coronavirus is not going to only affect, you know, these people badly. Uh, the travel industry, the hourly wage worker, elderly folk. But when it's all said and done, uh, people who are in jail, breeding ground, and, and we predicted this three weeks ago and now starting to, to hit. Um, people who are on the verge of eviction now, you may have a three-month moratorium, but in three months, this is going to be a, a horrible situation for those folks. Um, and, and poor people in America, again, the majority of which disproportionately are, are people of color, but even across the board, just poverty stricken people. We have a very high poverty population in this country. And we talked about that when we go back to normal, God willing, we can't just go back to normal. We have to go back to better. Yeah. So that's what we talk about on Newsbeat. It's got a hip hop vibe throughout the whole thing. It's set to music. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, um, and some of these things I get paid for, some of these things I don't, <laughs> I won't tell you which ones, uh, but it's not about that. It's about having though that trifecta of, you know, hip hop, um, you know, informing, you know, people benefiting people and it being hip hop from a positive or, or, uh, uh, influential or, uh, just being hip hop being used for good. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to quote you on that, by yeah, the way. That's it. I, just oh, well, I said what I said. <laughs> we can't go back to normal. We have to go back to better. I like that. I'll be quoting you on that. So we got a comment in our chat over here from Anthony hmm. Davis who says, hip hop wouldn't be what it is today if it wasn't for old school country music. Classic country paved the way for the recording industry. And without the recording industry, hip hop. Yeah, you know, I, hip, you know the greatest thing about hip hop, and I, and so, I give credit, obviously, when it comes to hip hop, we have to give a little more credence. Uh, to, you know, it's direct forefathers of, you know, jazz, blues, uh, uh, you know, doo-wop going back to Africa and the griots and, you know, drum circles and the whole thing, the whole, the whole lineage. But country music is part of that. Rock and roll is part of that. Um, disco is part of that. Yeah. The great thing about hip hop, and Grandmaster Kaz says this in Ice-T's uh, documentary, The Art of Rap. He says, hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything and and so yes i think you're absolutely right when you say you know country music yeah. uh you know all the other american forms of music especially the ones that help build the record you know the record industry lay the groundwork for everything for sure for rock and roll for you know for 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 pop you know for all the popular music genres of which hip-hop now has kind of become the yeah. thing even though like it's r&b and rap and genre blending now we don't even know who does what um but I think that's what's really cool about hip hop is that everything contributed to it in a way that I have a I have a piece I never I've never published it I wrote it some I'm giving you like a, a sneak peek of, a peek of my thinking. There's a thing called Americana, right? And Americana is thought of of there's a musical aspect to it. There's actually a <laughs> kind of a subgenre mm -hmm. called Americana, and it's country music, but it's old country. It's classic country. It's literally like jug music, right? It's literally like, you know, Appalachian music, like old country, the roots. So Anthony, you know, if you're talking about country, this is classic, old country, 
not country and Western, country and Appalachian. And that's generally known as Americana. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Classic country music. <laughs> now, Americana has then taken on this idea because it's American, right? It's, it's roots, roots music, roots American music. So when we hear Americana, sometimes we think of the American flag, baseball, the apple pie. And I'm saying, well, if the definition of Americana, because it doesn't always have to say, like, it, not, there's not a timeline to it. It doesn't go back necessarily. It could be these things that represent things that are iconically American. And some of it is music. Hip hop, you know, rap music is as Americana as anything else. Born and bred from nowhere else but here in America. You know, has the same kind of origins of, you know, uh, being born out of despair, right? Being born out of community, being born out of, of, of rubble, literal rubble in the Bronx and surrounding areas. So I like that hip hop uh, takes a little bit, borrows a little bit from everything before it, just like everything after it borrows from it. It's a very unique culture and associated art form. It's very unique in that regard because you'll see contemporary art now borrowing from hip hop art. Shouts to the five points, shouts to people who have taken their, their, their street arts and now it's in you know museums everywhere. You see fashion now, look at Dapper Dan finally getting his props after all these years. You see, so you see, you see corporations incorporating music and culture and slang and vibes and swag into their advertising. So hip hop borrowed from everyone before it, and now everyone's borrowing. And as you see from country, you'll see country artists that have, you know, dabbled and put their toe in the hip hop water. Some more successfully than others, you know. But look at your look at your Americana queen. What's her name? What's the name of her special on Netflix? Like Miss Americana, right? Taylor Swift. She's that she's had yeah. she, she's had she yep. left the, the country world go. to go to the pop world and some of her stuff is sprinkled with hip hop. So it's all that's why hip hop to me is Americana, is as American as apple pie. So yeah, country's in the mix. There you go. Hope that answers your uh, answers your question or, or addresses your your comment there, Anthony. But yeah, thank you for chiming in. We appreciate it. Um, shout out to the folks watching on Facebook right now who are dropping in and saying hi. Appreciate you guys too. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about trying to trying to transition this this in a in a, a good way because there's right. never really a good way to do this. But current right. current music gotcha. today, <laughs> you know, there's always right. that like ugh, current music today is so far from where we came from. But it's like one thing because you know everything has to grow and evolve. Everything has to change. The only sure. constants in this world are growth and change. And that's you know, understandable. So where hip hop began, it's only understandable and only right that things are going to, you know, morph and change as time goes on. But I think we've gotten so far away from the four original elements of hip hop and how hip hop originally started that I think that hip hop is essentially, it's not dead. I won't say it's dead because there are still some artists who are really creating some good, like nice you know, nostalgia creating right. hip hop music to this day, but I think by and large, they are few and far between, you know, what are your thoughts on the status of hip hop in the United States, whether it be, I mean, culture, we know culture is alive and well, and very right. much taking over um, the music side of things. 
I think is what I'm talking about more so. But then obviously there's the DJing side of things, which has also changed. And now we have, hmm. you know, drum kits and we've got, you know, all of these technologies and, and Apple computers yeah. that mix everything for you. So we're getting away from right. the art of actual turntables um, and, and, you know, records and things like that. So what is your opinion on the status of hip hop in in the world today. No, I get it. I, I, this, is a, this is a, you know, this is barbershop. So we said this, this is online discussions. This, this happened. This discussion is, is the most uh, important, but it's also the most nuanced and it, it, it's, a, it's hard. It's also very subjective. It's hard, you know? yeah. um, so very. overall, I push back on the, on the idea that hip hop, uh, and not not you, but I'm saying people who would be like, yeah, that's right. Hip hop sucks. Now, I push back on that. Um, <laughs> there is a yeah. mainstream. There is a, a, a not even a mainstream, but there's a mechanism. There's a machine. That sounds like we call it um, that is still in control, still has a, a, a large influence on what we perceive to be, quote unquote, hip hop. And hip hop music. Let's say you know. Let's let's focus on mm-hmm. the music for right now. Radio stations. Um, what we see online a lot is pushed by radio stations. Um, record labels still, to a certain extent, have a lot of pull. Um, I think that they're very good still at occupying the space in front of us, and so we see what we see. We see the stuff that gets shared virally we see a lot of the stuff that gets shared you know when a when i said earlier you know uh i don't know if i said i was gonna say put some respect on my name like the moments that happen that are under the corporate you know umbrella yeah. that gets spread and that's hip-hop right when birdman does that when when 50 cents does something crazy when uh when trey songs does something uh, didn't he just do something on instagram broke the internet whatever like you know people Right, right, exactly. Like, like these hey. new moments <laughs> yeah. get get spread far and few in between. Now, a lot of that is because there's still a great portion of the co- of the of the country that pays attention to the radio. Uh, it's for free. You listen to it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to have an internet connection. But even though though most of us now have a phone and mo- most of us have an interconnect an internet connection, we may be listening to ra- to music that's not even on the radio anymore with Spotify, with Apple Music, with all these things. But the moments that happen that go viral give the impression, especially the people who are less involved in the everyday, um, that this is what hip hop is. This is what hip hop music is. When a song goes viral, when, when Bobby Schmurter throws a hat in, in a vine and next thing you know, he got a deal and that song is everywhere and played on every radio station, every, everywhere. You could feel what, when I'm not telling you how to feel about, you know, about hot, the, you know, Bobby Schmurter song, but, that to you is is not representative of hip hop because it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous, and everyone's talking about it. But here's the thing: I have a 21 year old daughter, and my 21 year old daughter participates in all the in all the, the the memes, in all the online things, right? And I think, but I think she's also illustrative of many 21 year old young people in this world because she doesn't listen to the radio. She, she lives in Atlanta. She doesn't live to listen to V103. Maybe when she's in the car and doesn't want to connect the Bluetooth and it's lazy, so you just turn on V103. Yeah, if you're going somewhere close by and you're like, I don't feel like it's not worth pulling out whatever for this. I'm not doing the whole thing. 
Some cars don't even have it. Not everyone has cars with Bluetooth in the radio. We have an aux cord still, but and maybe not even that. So not even to say that everyone got the aux cord was clutch in the day, man. Listen, I'm saying, but if you don't want to do that, maybe you listen to the radio. But my daughter and I use her as a test example, and I I think a lot of people across the country might agree. She doesn't listen to radio music. Mm-hmm. So her artist right now is Rod Wave. Rod Wave ain't on very many radio stations across the country, but he's touring and selling out arenas and people are sweating him and he's doing the thing and he's getting cosigns. But when that meme moment happens, when that breakfast club interview goes viral or that, you know, whatever happens, she's spreading that around. Mm -hmm. So what I try to tell people, I don't know what you want from hip hop. Whether you're a young person, and a lot of young people actually, again, when you think of a Nipsey Hussle, when you think of a Kendrick Lamar, when you think of a J. Cole, a lot of fans who are young, which means they're not just in it for that everyday party, radio, you know, bullcrap music that a lot of us older folks is like, oh, it's not even our style. We don't like this. What is the point of this? Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that whatever you want from hip hop exists. It exists. If you want cerebral, lyrical, miracle, spiritual raps, don't think that there aren't artists that are still making that music heavy. Some of them, the OGs from your past. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, when when Karis One drops an album, you know, are are you checking for it before you criticize what's on the radio? Like, is radio the only, is memes on the internet the only thing you're doing, you're judging hip hop by? Because as an older head that should know, that you have serious, you have the ability as an older person. You have a job, right? You have a car. You commute to work. You can listen to yep. Satellite XM. You could buy that subscription. You could listen to all kind of music on Sirius. You could get that mm-hmm. subscription to Spotify. You could pay for Spotify Premium. I listen to Spotify yep. Premium. And I discover all kind of music that's super dope. And I'm an older school kind of head myself, but you don't hear it on the radio. Mm-hmm. So, two things. One, it exists. Let's not pretend it exists. And what I would love is for the OGs, the big voices on the internet. I won't say no names, <laughs> Pete, Pete Rock, but like people who, <laughs> and, and this is no, no dig at Pete because it's like, there's a lot of people that do this. We complain, but we don't point to. Yeah. I need in the same breath that you say, I hate everything on the radio, but Sky Zoo is still making music. That's dope. I hate young artists that all want to talk about, you know, drinking and trap and scissor and all that stuff. But Kemba from the Bronx is still making dope music. You know what I mean? Kendrick Lamar is not even on the radio. If you play, if you listen to radio all day, you'll never hear a Kendrick Lamar song. Why? Why? We know how he won a Pulitzer Prize, bro. Like, don't tell me, don't tell me that there's not quality (laughs) hip hop being made because he won a Pulitzer, but he's not on the radio. We can't use radio as the guidepost anymore. That's where a lot of us fall into that. And how relevant is radio? When my 21-year-old daughter doesn't listen to radio, she pays attention to the memes and all the things, but she's listening to Rod Wave. And on the R&B tip, I put her on the Amber Mark. She's listening to Amber Mark, which isn't, she's not on the radio, but she's she's super R&B. Like she's, if you're an old school kid, then listen to Amber Mark. Listen to Kemba. I'm telling, see, that's the thing. When you were asking me that question, I won't go a minute before I start naming names. Before I st- That's what I'm saying. The thing is, like, the people that are getting the mainstream attention sure. are not the people that are 
what you would typically consider somebody who's doing hip hop or somebody who is, you know, loyal to the to the to the foundation of it. You know, the people that you just mentioned are the people that are loyal to the industry and to the not to the industry, but to the the four sort of pillars of sure. hip hop. And they're the ones that are still making that kind of music. They're the ones that we don't see the play because they're not getting the shares on social media. They're not getting the, you know, the same because mainstream. They're not the, they're they're not the attention of the companies that run those industries yep. because yep. because it's always been 18 to 34 year olds. It's always yeah. been. It's always been appealing to the masses, right? It's my dad is a jazz. My dad was a you know, passed away, but he was a jazz guy. When CD one hundred one point nine became a thing here in New York, and Kenny G was being played, he's like, "That ain't jazz." Same thing happened. <laughs> rock and roll. There's classic rock, and then there's new rock. You know, classic rock heads are like, "Nirvana's not rock and roll," but of course, like, there's, it's an extension. It's like you said, an evolution, a, a, a DNA, whatever. It's an extension. Yeah. Let the kids have that because they're gonna get older too. How many? How many? How many? Here's the thing. First of all, don't talk to me about content because we had some whack songs in the '90s too. <laughs> we surely and, did. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't you forget about them? Like it's a nostalgia is a hell of a drug. You forget about the yeah. things that shouldn't have because we we hang on to those things. But how many people who were like diehard, you know, '90s, late '80s, '90s hip hop heads right now who are complaining about the state of music today? I've heard them say it, so I know it's true. Where they're like, well, I listen to all kinds of music now that I didn't listen to when I was a kid. Like they like how you would it in the 90s, we weren't listening to Sinead O'Connor. We'd hear a song or two, but we wouldn't be rocking with it. But now that we're older, we're rocking Adele. Like it's like, yo, this this chick is sang. Yeah. As right? we get older, <laughs> we expand our interests, and sometimes we go into directions we didn't do when we were a kid. So the kids are going to have their lane right now. They have disposable time. They're up on the mix. And you know what? Here's, here's the, the worst part. They're changing the industry. They, they made it. They're making genre bending music. They're mastering online. They're mastering the memes. They're finding ways to become touring artists and never sign with a label. It's a whole different game. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to throw away the innovation baby with the mumble rap bathwater. Just to want to make sure we don't do that because I know artists that are making the kind of music that that the people who hate what's on the radio or in the memes hate, but they're actually and some of them are 19, 20, 21 years old, and some of them are the OGs that from back in the days that are still making music. And if you just dismiss all of today's music as garbage, you're slapping them in the face. You're not giving them a shot. So find them, get a subscription to Spotify Premium and find them. And when you can't find them, then you have something to say. Exactly. So I get it. I get it. And I want the young people to not have the, I want them to have some of the things that we had, but most of that stuff they actually know about. I I think they're still tuned in to a lot of things that we don't think they're tuned. We we don't give them enough credit. Sometimes the young people, the young people knew about Nipsey hustle. The older folks knew about him when he died. It's true. That's actually true. There was a lot of people that didn't know about him until he passed away and then got hip to what he was about. And they're like, oh, man, like give the, they never give flowers while you can still give smell the young him. people credit. I think they know a little bit more than we give them credit for. And our taste in music can can um, can vary and differ. But um, the artists you're looking for, the hip hop you're looking for still exists. Go find it and support and put some money in their pocket. Maybe not now because we're all saving our money right now, but go find them. They <laughs> exist. I promise you.
And you can hit me up and anyone want to tell me who you used to like, and I'll point you to someone now that you'll still like. There you go. All right, Mr. Faces. <laughs> so we're coming up on the end of the show here. Yeah. I want I know everything is canceled and things are postponed and stuff is sort of on yeah. hold. However, I'm sure that there are still things that you're doing because creatives like us don't stop. So where can we find you? Where can we follow you? And what can we be on the lookout for? I appreciate you? that. Um, I'm still releasing podcasts. Uh, if you subscribe to podcasts, if you're listening to this, you very well may. Um, you can find Hip Hop Can Save America on any podcast platform. Um, it's really the most important thing that I do. And so I want to make sure that that leads. Just if you're nothing else, follow that. I talk to some great people that are really changing people's lives through hip hop and education and health and wellness and science and technology and politics and activism in the fine arts, spirituality. I'm trying to grow that podcast. It's doing really well. It's on the recommended materials list at the Harvard graduate school of education, uh, as it were. Yeah, so nah. we're taking it to the, from the streets to the ivory towers. I need y'all to support that. Um, hip hop can save America.com or, or wherever you find podcasts. Um, you can generally find me at my main homepage is manyfaces.com. And from there I have a calendar of events and now I'm putting my online events on there as well. I do a monthly on a uh, comedy show uh, here in Newark, New Jersey. We're going online with that actually in about half an hour. Um, uh, oh, <laughs> so we'll do that every first Friday of the month. Uh, my Sunday R and B brunch, which used to be downstairs at Marcus Samuelson's Marcus BMP in downtown New York. I'm actually rocking online through my friends at bonfire radio. Uh, so do check me at mannyfaces.com uh, when I DJ online or when I do uh, drop new episodes of things, Twitter's good, Manny Faces, and Instagram, Manny Faces NY. Uh, those are where you can find me. You can Google me if you forget any of that, Manny Faces. And uh, I will come up because I have a decent SEO um, swag. So <laughs> you go hit us with some, some uh, marketing jargon at the end hey, of the listen, show. Here. I, I, I build it. websites. I build websites. I consult for podcasters. So, you know, there's some money to be made, you know, still out here as, uh, as we try to get through uh, hip hop in the time of coronavirus. <laughs> yes. Yes, man. Coronavirus the incident. I like to call it the incident. The incident. That's funny. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you know, the powers that be are listening and they're filtering out all the media that talks about the coronavirus, you know, that might be fake news. So they've been pulling people's podcasts and shows and stuff. Down. I've seen that. So I've been calling it. The, the incident is good. So, I've seen that. Uh, we we yep. put out some good material. Newsbeat podcast is the other one. And that's, you know, my other baby uh, really do focus on a lot of, I think probably the same audience, you know, that we might be rocking with or really, you know, I try to not preach to the choir. I try to say, let's let's share this information. Bring hip hop to save America to some people that don't think hip hop means jack, because they're the ones that yeah. really need the message. Bring the Newsweek podcast to people who don't understand the social injustices in this country. We won some awards. It's not just some you know raggedy podcast. <laughs> yeah, podcast. <laughs> we we do pretty well. We beat. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, the New York Times. I'm just saying. Yeah, we beat them uh, in terms of uh, (laughs) podcast awards uh, from the New York Press Club. So we do all right. Uh, But I just try to spread information. And and every now and then I go live on my Facebook, 9 p.m. Eastern, and I share resources that I collect for parents, for hip hop heads and for artists. And I'm doing that during the incident. (laughs) during the incident ladies and gentlemen well folks that does it for this episode of sound off manny thank you so much for being with me today and for really dropping some really good knowledge and some great sound bites (laughs) that i'll be taking 
episode. Um, I truly enjoyed my time. And I'm definitely going to connect with you because there's a lot of things that I think the both of us can connect on and, and really further some uh, some of the stuff that we're doing. So I will be definitely well, touching. Let me say, I know we're about out of time. I've been a fan of yours. I've been watching the show. I've been listening to you for a while. Um, I, I've seen you go through all the things. I, you know, I, I, I'm a hundred percent supportive of whatever you're doing and uh, thank you for you. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Love that. That makes me, gives me all the warm and fuzzies inside. We need them. <laughs> makes me super we need them right now. <laughs> I know. Definitely during this time. But folks, I'll be back next week with another brand new episode. So make sure you keep it locked right here. Thanks to all the folks behind the scenes that make Sound Off and WJMS Radio possible. Appreciate you guys. Everybody make sure you stay safe and stay healthy out there. Make sure you wash them hands. And we'll be back again next week. So until then, everybody be blessed. And we'll see you next week on WJMS Radio. Let me get that intro. Blunts, gators, hand me my mink. On the east, ducking fast from a peephole. 1989, gang banging was at its peak. This the beat that make me reminisce on G-Phone. Three summers before the chronic hit the streets. I would rather sling hand to hand to a fiend. Rapping on the side, trapping was priority. But every now and then, I go scoop my little thing. Pull up in my MC, banging new jack swing. Ooh, summertime time back in Long Beach. Passing one bottle, 40 ounce old E. I didn't have a dollar, but a nigga had a dream. Whipping over the stove and a nigga gotta eat. Threw my raps in the garbage, fuck being an MC. Thank the Lord for Nick Dog and thank God for Warren G. Funny how time flies when you high as me. I think I'm in the rough fence now. I seen a throwing up edge town. You was living off a true hill. Wasn't ready for the world, but baby, who is? No, you prettier than all the elder bodies. Never worry about the total of the charges. I got that. And if you need an escape 
Thanks for listening. Tune in 24-7 at WJMSRadio.com.